1: Learn more at marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, it is time. We are breaking down the AFC South, grading those draft classes from the best to the worst. We're going to run it down. Matt Mello and Connor, I apparently didn't get the memo that today was Hawaii 5-0 day. It is 60 degrees and raining outside. I'm in a crew neck, mellows, in a Hawaiian shirt. Connor is in Hoboken, where the weather is beautiful. I uh, did not know it was Hawaii Thursday. I will check my email next, next, time next week. Monday, when we come back, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, right here in the Bleacher Report app, I will be wardrobe appropriate. Hook them horns, So If you're watching us in the BR app, and hopefully you are, you can leave those draft-on-draft questions right here in the comments section below. I know if you watched yesterday, you like to see me type. That's how you do it. Type your type. Boys, welcome to the show. We're going to have some fun today. It's good to be
0: here. Always good to be here, and you know, in my mind, Matt, it's sunny and seventy-five. I was
2: going to say, me and Mello are dressed uh, to party and hand out some grades here, so let's get it going. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's let's just
2: jump right in. How about the Houston Texans, a team who's
1: offseason we have ripped apart like a t-bone steak after starving to death bill o'brien has not done a great job since being handed the reins as general manager he trades away deandre hopkins and basically gets back nothing Melo, you were going to kick this off for us though buddy
0: no first round pick give us your grade and your thought on the texans. i feel really bad for the texans fans i think i might feel worse for the texans fans than i do packers fans this is a d grade for me i like Blacklock and i like the fit in this defense but i don't think it's a huge need For the Texans, not with your very first pick in this draft. I I feel like they could have went somewhere else, and and they didn't really pick up a whole lot. Jonathan Greenard in the third round, I like that fit. But again, I don't know that he's going to come in. He's going to do a lot for you. You look at what these guys are doing. They're good players, but you probably should have done something else. And then, you know, bringing in David Johnson, maybe not the best move. Trading away Nuke Hopkins. Really was not a good move. So I'm sorry, Texans fans. I love your quarterback, and I hope you guys are successful. I just don't like the moves here. I'm going with a D for the Texans. Uh, Maybe they can get that defense going,
2: though. It's simply not been a good uh, offseason for the Texans. I think you look at this draft class, it's obviously not the most inspiring. I really like Ross Blacklock. That's what kind of brings my grade up from being the bottom of the barrel. I gave it a D as well here, Mello. I think Blacklock's going to be a good player for them. I do think it was a very obvious need. Jonathan Greenard's a guy that can give you some pass rush off the edge. I thought they reached on Charlie Heck. I thought they reached on John Reed. I think when you look at Isaiah Coulter, he fits their size and speed demo of the offense. But overall, when you look at what they lost this offseason versus what they gained in this draft, this roster unfortunately got worse. Now, I'm a huge Deshaun Watson fan. I want to see him have a lot of success. And listen, this was a playoff team last year. There's no doubt about that, and you're seeing it right here that their defensive front should be improved. There is no denying that. But when you look at the decisions Bill O'Brien has made while in charge of this roster, it's very, very concerning for the future of Deshaun Watson. And I hate to sit here and just continue to kill the Texans because it feels like that's what we've done now for a couple of months. But I don't know how anybody, including their fans, I mean, they're not idiots. They are probably going to agree. It's, it's brutal to lose a guy like DeAndre Hopkins and really get no value in return. So a disappointing draft for the Texans that I have to give a D. Love Blacklock, did not like the rest of it at all.
1: Guys, we've always said that Bill Belichick the coach saves Bill Belichick the GM. I almost feel like Bill O'Brien's the same way. He's still he's a good coach. He's a good team. I think the Texans will be good next year. I just do not understand the roster moves. And with the NFL draft, I gave this team an F. And I'm sorry. I again I think we could talk about them maybe still winning this division. It's a great team. Deshaun Watson's gonna cover up a lot of mistakes. Laramie is gonna cover up a lot of mistakes. But what you've traded Nuke Hopkins and got back in return is abysmal. And then to not draft a running back, you have Duke Johnson who can't stay healthy and David Johnson who can't stay healthy. Who's going to run the ball? Who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield? Who's going to catch the ball? Will Fuller is always hurt. Uh, Brandon Cooks, is, is that going to be your guy? Concussions are an issue. It's like they don't even... They're playing Madden with the injury setting turned off here. I like Isaiah Coulter as a day three player. I think he has good speed. He has good size down the field. But it just felt like a very... A cute draft where you go after, okay, let's get a good D tackle. Like you guys said, I like Ross Blacklock, and I like Jonathan
0: Greenard. Two good players. They were not priority positions, in my opinion. I don't think so either. I think you had Charles O'Minihu, who actually played pretty well yeah. last year on the end spot. And then who's that other big guy they have? J.J. Watts. That is, good. yeah, the other guy that's going to play there. I don't think you can put uh, Blacklock at nose tackle, and I don't need to. So, yeah, that's why I kind of went with a D on this grade. Well, let's move on to one of the most surprising teams. Sorry, Connor.
1: One of the most surprising teams in the NFL last year. That was the Tennessee Titans. They came out of nowhere and started smoking people after Ryan Tannehill was put in at quarterback. Derrick Henry, arguably the best running back in football last year. Mike Vrabel's defense is very, very good. That crew's mostly back together. Jack Conklin and Logan Ryan, the two big losses
0: this offseason. Fellas, how about that grade and where you see the Titans? You, You talk about their two big losses. They've replaced those guys with their First two picks. I really like Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. I think he's plug and play right tackle. He's probably one of the best right tackles in this entire draft. And I think a lot of people will probably say that was a reach in the first round, but I don't feel like it was. I think he would have been snatched up early in the second, and you get a first round corner in the second round. And then Darrington Evans, a guy that we had on this podcast, I really like what he's going to do and how he's going to pair with Derrick Henry. I think he can take a little bit of the pressure, take a little bit of the carries off of the big guy. And also, he's going to come in and be able to play some special teams. I really think that the Titans here got a lot better through the draft. Not a lot of teams have been able to do that. Uh, Tennessee was definitely one of them, though, and I think that they are probably in that driver's seat in the AFC South now. You look at this guy, just move people. Now you're going to get Derek Henry running behind this big fella here. Very good draft here. I'm going to give him a B plus. They didn't have a whole lot of picks to work with, but I do like what they did in this draft.
2: A rock-solid draft. There's no doubt about that. When you look at them, they were never picking at the top of rounds, so it's not like they were working with premium selections here, guys, because of how good they were last year. I like Isaiah Wilson strictly as a right tackle. That's what they drafted him to be, and his the name of his game, run-blocking. He's so good at that. He's so strong. Really, with Makai Becton being in this class, it had somebody like Isaiah Wilson, who's so physically overpowering, get overlooked at times. And then when you look at Christian Fulton falling that far, I think this is the defense that can get him right. But my favorite pick of the bunch is Darrington Evans. So, you know, that late, late 93rd overall pick right in the top 100 there, that's good value for a back that complements Derrick Henry perfectly. This is a player that played in an outside zone scheme in college, a really good vision, really, really good burst. One of the best NFL combines this year out of the running back group. He can catch the ball. So when you look at everything he brings to the their offense you aren't just going to drop back and hand derrick henry the ball 40 times a game and you also don't know if he's going to be there after this year so when you look at this getting a guy that plays a totally different style than derrick henry and can potentially be your lead back down the road not as a rookie but down the road that's exciting to me with tennessee i thought they capitalized on addressing needs while getting pro ready players across the first three rounds of the draft and for me that's a rock solid b yeah, I gave them a B as well. And my, my point was, yeah, they, they did a great job
1: getting Isaiah Wilson in the first round. I think a month before the draft, we all want to say that's kind of a reach, but as the draft process played out, we knew Isaiah Wilson was going to be a first round pick to get Christian Fulton in the second was an absolute steal. And now you have that versatility. To take an already strong defense and perhaps make it better, you can move Adore Jackson inside to the slot where his speed, I think, is a benefit. He can replace Logan Ryan, who's still out there as a free agent right now. But getting Christian Fulton, who played through an ankle injury this year that I think really affected his game, the toughness is there, the leadership is there. And I thought he was better than Greedy Williams, who was the second-round pick in the 2019 draft. So I love that the Titans did that. And then to go to day three, where they did not have a lot of picks, I thought they addressed some future needs really well. Listen, Ryan Tannehill had a really good half a season last year, and we're all hoping that the comeback is on. I thought it was smart to get a Cole McDonald, just in case. Ryan Tannehill isn't. There we go. It's It's the Hawaiian shirt today. That's (laughs) why you guys wore the Hawaii shirts today. Now I get it. But even, you know, Laryl Murchison in the fifth round, you trade Jarrell Casey in kind of a surprise move, a cap move, and now you have a good, young backup defensive tackle. You can start working into that rotation. So I think John Robinson and Mike Vrabel have done a fantastic job of working together to identify needs and also the type of players who are going to be a fit, for Mike Vrabel, especially on defense. Guys who are just going to be tough, no-nonsense, love football. Even Chris Jackson, who they got in the seventh round, fits that mold. So it was a really, really good draft by the Tennessee Titans, who uh I know last year snuck in as a wild-card team. We're going to get to our division winners a little bit later in the show. I have a feeling the Titans are going to be well represented here. So a B for me. And don't forget guys, you can leave your draft on draft questions right here in the comment section. If you want to know anything, where did Mello get that shirt? How long is Connor's hair actually right now? You can find out by leaving a draft on draft question in the comment section below. And our producers will give those to us. Today's show is sponsored by our great friends at State Farm. State Farm offers home and auto insurance. You're covered whether you live in a new aged bond layer like Cliff Kingsbury or a house made up of discarded play cards like Matt Nagy. Good news if you're listening, Jerry Jones. State Farm does offer yacht insurance. We looked it up. So to all the stickies listening from their $250 million super yachts, like a good neighbor, State Farm will be there for you even when you're deep into international water. Speaking of Bond villains, goodness. We have no word on if State Farm covers Tom Brady randomly walking into your Tampa Bay mansion thinking it's Byron Leftwich's place but they probably do. Thank you to State Farms for supporting Stick to Football. What is more Bond villain, Cliff Kingsbury's house or Jerry Jones having a $250 million yacht? I think it's the yacht. That just screams villain. The yacht yeah. definitely does. Yeah, I have watched too many movies. Yacht. All right, let's keep rolling on these AFC South draft grades. You guys keep rolling with the comments below us here. Connor, you get to kick us off. Chris Ballard's Indianapolis Colts, that's a lot of Cs. They bring in Phillip Rivers at quarterback. No first-round pick. They trade that for DeForest Buckner. How much better is this team going to be, and what did you think of their draft?
2: Oh, I absolutely loved it, and this team is going to be a lot better, guys. I mean, the window or the competition got super, super tight in this division really because of what the Colts have done. So far, you see the first two picks right there, Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor. Those guys are day one starters. I had first-round grades on both players. I think when you look at Pittman Jr., his ability to play above the rim will be so important to an aging Phillip Rivers, who really did struggle last year. And you watch Jonathan Taylor. uh, He's going to get more carries than Marlon Mack, I think, as a rookie. That's how pro-ready he is and that power-running style he has behind that offensive line. And Pittman's ability to not only win in the short area and intermediate, but down the field as well is something that this offense has lacked at the wide receiver two position for so long right now. And you factor in that they traded that first-round pick and got DeForest Buckner for their defensive line. Are you kidding me? So they added, just in this draft, guys, DeForest Buckner, Michael Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor. I think all three of those players are going to be pro bowlers in the near future. So when I look at the Colts, they got drastically better. This is an A-minus draft for me. We'll see what they get out of the end of it. It was a lot of developmental picks down the road. But when you get that much star talent with your first three selections... It's phenomenal, phenomenal from Chris Ballard and Ed Dodds. Yeah, I'm going to steal your grade. I'm going to
0: go A-minus as well. You talk about Jonathan Taylor and what he did at Wisconsin. Now he gets to do it behind Quentin Nelson. I can't (laughs) wait to see this happen. I I mean, It's going to be very exciting to see those holes open up and Jonathan Taylor burst through there. I like what they did, though. I think they got immediate impact with Jonathan Taylor. I think this guy could come out and be a pro bowler. I think he can get involved in the backfield catching the ball, too. I I mean, I really love the fit and what he's going to do in indianapolis colts fans should just be going out and buying taylor jerseys right now i I think he's gonna be he's gonna be one of the top running backs in the nfl before too long but then also you look at the other guys they added i love the jacob eason pick actually you get him later in the day i think that he can sit behind rivers and brissette for a year and then maybe start to learn how to be a professional quarterback i think that's the fit that a young guy like eason needed and he got it good fit for the Indianapolis Colts. I really like their draft. I'm going A-. So I'm going A+. Here's what I do worry about. Chad Kelly and Jacob Eason in the same quarterback room. That's volatile.
1: But they did have a great overall draft, especially when you factor in DeForest Buckner, yeah. my favorite player on my favorite team, gets traded. This is like when P.K. Subban got traded and I was depressed for a weekend. I'm still not over it. DeForest Buckner, I mean, he is an all-pro defensive tackle, and now they have that inside pass rush. My And again, to look at Michael Pittman Jr., there, there was an argument for him to be a late first rounder Jonathan Taylor there was an argument for him to be a late first rounder Jacob Eason there was an argument for him to be at least a second rounder this is what Chris Ballard it feels like consistently does Ballard and Ed Dodds are exceptional in the scouting game and I think that's what you see in their later picks like Julian Blackman if he comes back from injury whether he's playing safety or corner he's gonna be an impact coming out of that Utah Utes defense and a lot of the other guys Robert Windsor anytime you watch Penn State this year it's like Who's that athletic defensive tackle? Like a little undersized, but he's pretty good. Oh, that's Robert Windsor. He's going to be making plays. So I have to love what they've built on this team. The key, though, if they're going to be good this year, does Phillip Rivers, behind a better offensive line, play at a higher level than he did last year late for the L.A. Chargers, where they almost benched him for Tyrod Taylor. So I'm a little bit skeptical how good the team will actually be. But they had a great draft. They get an A-plus on my side of things. Now, kind of the Jacksonville Jaguars. They trade away Nick Foles. They have two first-round picks. Because of the Jalen Ramsey trade, it's a team that had a ton of
2: needs, but arguably, I mean, outside of like New England and Miami, the most draft capital of anyone this year. And they potentially did a really good job filling those needs here, guys. When you look at what Jacksonville did... You get C.J. Henderson, who, for me, was probably one of the better athletes on the defensive side of ball in this class. I still think the instincts are catching up. So I wasn't super high on taking C.J. Henderson in the top 10, but he does project as a starting corner at the next level. I love Caleb on chase on. I think he could do a little bit of everything, whether it's rushing the passer, whether it's even covering outside run, inside run. So to get him at the 20th overall selection, I valued him more than that, which made these picks kind of balance out. Laviska Chenault, guys, that's what people are going to remember this draft by, in my opinion. It would be really shocking if guys like Henderson and Chase on bottom out in any way. You feel good about the floor of those picks. If Chennault can stay healthy at 42, he is a steal in this draft and a game-changer to make plays on offense. But does do people believe he can stay healthy. That's the question right now. I thought there was a couple reaches in here. When you look at Devon Hamilton, Josiah Scott is somebody that can play in the slot, but another player, do you do you think his size can convert at the next level? He has really really good athleticism. Colin Johnson in my opinion was worth it on day 3 as a wide receiver, great catch radius in the middle of the field. So they did a lot of nice things, but there is risk in this draft. Shaq Quarterman is somebody that's – he's a masher in the middle of the defense. He can't really run. So what are you getting out of him from the fourth round there? There's things I liked about this Jacksonville draft, some safe picks early on, a ton of risk. With the Chenault pick, it's a B for me because we won't look back at this draft and go, man, that rebuild, they got nothing. But the question is, are they going to get two players out of this draft or are they going to get four? Because that's the kind of thing that changes franchises year after year.
0: Yeah, and I like this draft. I'm going to go with a B plus. I love the Henderson pick. I love that On fell to them. And I also like the guys that they picked up later. You get a Chenault who, if he's healthy, was one of my favorite— re- uh, receivers going into this draft class I think that he can be special and on special teams as well Colin Johnson the big receiver compare with him and what you already have there my big takeaway for Jacksonville is you're really setting yourself up for some future success this is how you build a team uh, don't reach for a quarterback when you don't need one sit around and wait I think they're going to be in a great position next year With two first-round picks again, you get Chason off the edge with Josh Allen. That's going to be one heck of a duo. I like what they did here. I'm going B-plus for the Jaguars. Yeah, I like what Jacksonville did as well. I went B-plus. C.J. Henderson
1: was one of my favorite players in the draft, and Caleb on Chason was probably my favorite player in the class. So they did – A great job of going out when you look at you an analyst big board and say, oh, they got a lot of your top guys. They did that this year. They absolutely did. I do question a little bit. They didn't draft a quarterback until the sixth round, and I know they may have struck gold when they did that last year with Gardner Minshew. I'm a little bit skeptical of only having Gardner Minshew, Joshua Dobbs, and now Jake Luton as your quarterback room. I don't know that that's good enough to get it done. As Melo said, worst-case scenario— You're going to be bad, and you got two first-round picks next year, and there's a couple quarterbacks that look pretty good in college football. So maybe you're looking at it that way. I also think they did not address the offensive line well enough. I don't think Cam Robinson's a left tackle, and I know there was a little bit of a run on that position. I would have given more consideration to go on offensive tackle and trying to kick Cam Robinson into guard or just moving on from him after this upcoming season. So they're going to have those two first-round picks next year. We could be looking at a team that needs a wide receiver. A lot of their veterans are free agents. Hopefully, Chenault and Colin Johnson become something. But I don't know that this – I'm not ready to say the Jags roster is back. Three years ago, they were in the AFC Championship game with a lead on the New England Patriots. This roster is completely different than that team. Completely different, other than like Miles Jack. So we'll see what happens here with Yannick Gakway. I liked the draft. And just in terms of, if you look at the sheet, all right, these are our draft picks. We got, you know, C.J. Henderson, Chase Chason, Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chaynall. I thought they, the, you know, those players are good. I don't know that that was exactly the biggest needs that this team actually had. But we'll see. Hopefully Gardner Minshew uh, can continue to prove basically everyone wrong because i don't know that anyone thought that just one year later he would be the franchise quarterback for an nfl team let's go quickly around the horn pick those division winners connor gets to go first today connor who's your pick for the afc south in 2020
2: I'm going to go with the Colts here, guys. And, Matt, I don't even think you know, you're know you far off base with that. Phillip Rivers did not look like himself last year. There's no denying that. We are really betting on the offensive line and a power run game and a lot of help at wide receiver and tight end and a really good play caller in aiding him in these final years or maybe even final years. He's on that one-year contract. but. I'm a big believer in two things with the Colts. Number one, the run game is going to be phenomenal. Two great running backs, a good offensive line, a good play caller. The other thing is how improved this defense is going to be thanks to the one-man wrecking crew that you know all about in DeForest Buckner. So it's a bit of a risky pick, but I love what the Colts have done, and I think they'll find a way to get the most out of what Philip Rivers has left.
0: Yeah, I like what they're doing, but I, I watched the Titans run the ball in the AFC Championship game, and I really think that that is going to be a good team who's going to be, I, I guess, kind of sneaky good. Uh, we're a wild-card team last year. I think they can win this division. Sorry, Texans fans. I don't think any of us are going to be picking you to repeat.
1: I almost did. I just literally was typing and changed it. I was like, uh I'm going with the Titans. I think the Texans will be right there in the mix. I think the Titans' defense is just way too good, and when all else fails, Give the ball to Derrick Henry. Let him
0: run behind Isaiah Wilson. I think that's going to work pretty well for them. Betting on Ryan Tannehill, again, makes me nervous. Yes. But I think you can run the ball enough with Derrick Henry that it'll be okay in Jacksonville. And my guy, A.J. Brown. Cannot forget A.J. Brown there. All right, let's get into
1: some of these draft-on-draft questions. Our first one from Andrew C. 10. Which rookie has the biggest impact in year one, in this division,
0: so specific to the AFC South Mello, take it away. Oh, I think it's Jonathan Taylor. and It's a no-brainer. No I really think this guy's going to rush for over a 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns as so a rookie. I think Marlon Mack is still the guy. Nope, I... he is not anymore. <laughs> it is a new <laughs> era in Indianapolis. <laughs> I, I don't think that Marlon Mack will be. I think that he's going to be that change of pace, catch the ball out of the backfield guy. And Jonathan Taylor's going to eat. If you're a fantasy owner, Jonathan Taylor's the guy. can you bet? No, I don't do those
2: anymore. If it's not Jonathan Taylor, then it's the other guy they took in the second round, and Michael Pittman. All the targets are there. He's somebody that will play right away. Uh, Bet on the Colts' offense when you're looking at rookie production from this division.
1: Well, I'll go outside the box here, I guess. I think it's CJ Henderson. I think a corner, corner can be a tough transition. So you got to manage expectations a little bit. But I think CJ Henderson, he'll be that number one corner for the Jags and he's going to have to face some very good receivers in this division, obviously. But I think he's going to be able to step in with 6'1", 205, 4'3 speed. He's going to be able to acclimate. Okay. Good enough to be a big impact player here. All right. Second draft on draft question from our guy, Andrew Magnuson Sticky. Of the year, this guy is, does Cam Newton fit in Jacksonville? I don't see him winning many games with a quarterback room. I just said this, of Gardner Minshew, Josh Dobbs, and Jake Luton. Mags, you're the man. That's why you're so smart, because we agree all the time. I think Cam Newton does fit in Jacksonville. I don't. I'm going to disagree with you again. And the
0: reason why is because I think they're going to give Gardner Minshew the ball. I think they're going to let him start. I don't think Cam Newton is coming into that quarterback room and saying, you're not playing me. you just like jorts. That's the whole. Thing. I don't You're like. I actually, I don't <laughs> like Gardner Minshew, but I think the organization is going to give him the ball, and I think they're going to not try to win football games this year, oh. and that doesn't fit what Cam Newton wants to do either. I think if he's going somewhere, maybe it's like a Pittsburgh where he can come in and be successful. I don't, there's no starting jobs out there anymore. I think if the Jaguars wanted him to come in and start, they probably would already kick the tires on that. I think they're going to give the ball to Gardner. They're going to lose a lot of games. They're going to put themselves in position to get, you know, a Trey Lance or a Trevor Lawrence next year in the draft. Uh, Connor, Cam Newton
1: did say today that he's open to being a backup somewhere. You think he goes to Jacksonville and tries to Ryan Tannehill his way to a job?
2: It would surprise me if he does end up there because I kind of tend to side with Mello that it seems like they're handing the keys to Gardner. Now, what I will say is, if Cam Newton found his way onto that practice field and in that quarterback room, it's not a conversation. Cam Newton has t- more talent in his pinky than anybody else in that yes. quarterback room. It's not even close. So, And I believe that Cam Newton is going to finally be healthy this year. It felt like every time he got hurt in Carolina and got no help from the referees in the NFL with the late hits, it felt like they were just, and probably some of it is Cam as well, were putting him back on the field, and he kept taking those hits. Now he's had all of this time where, hey, there's a chance that this guy's healthy. This is an MVP caliber quarterback here guys so i think wherever cam newton goes the spotlight is going to be on him because he's just he's too talented when he's right so if i'm cam i don't blame him for waiting it out seeing how the situation plays out but if you're looking at places where he can go in and he's the most talented quarterback on the field it's jacksonville it's new england there's just not a lot of spots
1: man it's chargers chicago the new york (laughs) giants (laughs) I'm just picking fights with that. I'm I already started on Twitter earlier today. So <laughs> the He Bears? would be the most <laughs> talented quarterback there. Yeah, the Bears, absolutely. All right, last question from Uncle Seb. Uncle Seb, since that happens frequently in the NFL, which team do you think has the best chance to win its division in 2020 after finishing last in 2019? Well, Uncle Seb, uh, the last place finishers last year kind of sucked. And so this is actually very hard to do. I let the other guys go first today. I set myself up perfectly Hell here. You did. I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Damn it. <laughs> you're asking us to go way out on a limb here. Way out on a limb. Um, it was the Dolphins, Chargers, Bengals, Jaguars, Redskins, Cardinals, Lions, Panthers. None of those teams would I feel great about saying, yep, it's them. But I will take the Cardinals because I love Cliff Kingsbury. Can't believe I say this. is a. am wearing a Texas shirt. I love Kyler Murray, and now they have Isaiah Simmons and New Hopkins. Cardinals are going to make
0: noise. It's like I don't even know my own brother anymore, but I do agree with you. I would have picked the Arizona Cardinals. I think year two with Cliff Kingsbury could look very differently, and it wouldn't surprise me if they did at least compete for the division. Now, the rest of these teams, if you're making me pick one, I guess I'll say the Panthers. Uh, if maybe something happens to Drew Brees and he suffers another injury, uh, if we don't see a good Falcons team, and maybe Tom Brady is, I don't know. Yeah, there's, there's I can't make it work. to make it work. <laughs> maybe the Panthers and some fantasy Joe Brady is just an elite offensive coordinator and they'd set the league on fire. I don't know. I don't love any of these guys other than the Cardinals.
2: Those definitely would have been my top two picks, Arizona and then the Panthers. But if I'll throw one more into the bucket here, guys, just because I think the division is so wide open – I think it could be the Miami Dolphins. I I really do. I know that seems Mm -hmm. crazy to say, but there's so many – here's the reason why. When you look at the teams they're playing in their division, we have three question marks at the quarterback positions right now. Did Josh Allen and Sam Darnold take some steps forward last year? Yes, but that Bills team was really good around Allen. He was kind of there for the ride. Sam Darnold had a roller coaster season, but some really nice stretches on a team that wasn't very good. And I think when you look at New England – we just simply don't know what we're going to see from Jarrett Stidham last year. Are we going to see the guy that had first-round expectations before his final season at Auburn where he didn't have a lot of help and then goes in the fourth round? Uh, are we going to see that guy? I'm not really much a believer as you guys, but you never know. So I think when you look at Miami, I love Tua. Fitzmagic has had these spurts before where he goes on big winning streaks. They're a well-coached team. The defense got an influx of money and draft picks this offseason. Miami's at least interesting. Yeah, there. Brian Flores, one heck of a coach. I think we're all excited to see that the AFC East is going to be wide
1: open. It's going to be wild for sure. That is our show today that we will be back Monday, same time, 5 p.m. Eastern, same spot right here in the BR app. And you can listen after the fact on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple podcast, wherever you get your shows. And you can check us out on YouTube. We're everywhere. We're worldwide. For Melo and Connor, I'm Matt. We'll see you all Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern right here.